Welcome. Welcome to the Crime Culture Podcast. Minus the the. Don't know why I said that. To Crime Culture. To Crime Culture. Podcast. The podcast. There's a the in there. Is I'm it? not Haley. I'm Haley. That's Caitlin. Yeah. I'm. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. What? You didn't. Just not cluing in. Okay, fine. But that's okay because we're on episode seven and we've had it coming. And you know why, Haley? Why? Because we're doing Belva Gartner and Beulah Annan, a.k.a. the women who inspired the movie Chicago. Chicago! Chicago. But get it? And the musical. We've had it coming. Yeah. He had it coming. I got it. I got it. I got it. They didn't do it. But if they'd done it, could you tell them that they was wrong? Just get on. Anyway. You're endlessly You're frustrated. You're so done with me. You're endlessly We're frustrated. We're not going to make it to 10 episodes. No. Um, so, yes. So, we'll start with Belva. Okay. Belva Gartner was born Belva Eleonora Boosinger. Oof. <laughs> what a, a name. name. That's what a, a name. name. Um, on September 14th, which is my mother's birthday, 1884, which is not my mother's birth year, <laughs> in... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely needed to specify that. Oh, um, for her, we do. <laughs> in Litchfield, Illinois, to Charles and Mary Jane Boosinger. She was a cabaret singer who performed under the name Belle Brown, honestly, with a name like Boosinger. Don't blame her. Yep. Her first marriage, she's been, she was married multiple times, and, like, her first marriage was to a man named Overbeck. That's, okay. like, his last name was Overbeck. They don't know how... They don't have much information on him. They don't have his first name? They, they don't have his first name. They don't really know much about him other than the fact that he was their first husband. They don't really know much about their marriage. They just huh. know that they were married and they got divorced. Okay. Um, she was she was young when she got married? Yes. She was she was very young. She was, like, in her early teens. Or not, early, like, late teens. Whoops, <gasps> my bad. Oh. <laughs> no. All right. No. Like... Things <laughs> took a turn. <laughs> Love it. Love it. No. Um, she was in, like, her teens, her late okay. teens. And then in 1917, so she was, what, like, in her early 20s, uh-huh. she met and married her second husband, William Gartner. Wait, so they just got divorced and, and that was it? That was it. Okay. Um, and that was in Crown Point, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, Belva was 20 years younger than William. Oh, um, okay. Who was a wealthy industrialist. That's why they got married. Wealthy. Sounds like true love to me. Yep. And five months later, William Gartner successfully sued to have the marriage annulled, claiming that Belva's divorce from Overbeck had not yet been finalized. Ooh. They then got married a second time. <laughs> All right. But had separated by the time Belva was accused of murder. Ooh. So on March 11th, 1924, I almost said 2004, Belva's mm. lived a long, happy life. Oof. Uh, married to William. So on March 11th, 1924, Belva allegedly shot and killed her lover, Walter Law, who was married with one child. Ooh. Um, Walter was found in the front seat of Belva's car with a bottle of gin and a gun laying next to him with three rounds missing. Very poetic. Belva was found passed out in her apartment with bloody clothes on the floor, (gasps) confessed that she was drunk and had been driving with Walter, but she couldn't remember what had happened between the two of them. Ah, okay. She was arrested for Walter's murder in Chicago on March 12th, 1924, at which point she admitted to drinking with Walter at various bars and jazz houses and said she carried a gun because she was afraid of getting robbed. Okay. Honestly, okay. Yeah, sure. I I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So she was hauled off to jail, still drunk. Oh, God. <laughs> and wearing nothing but a blood-splattered slip. They Char- wouldn't let her get dressed? Nope. Charged with shooting her lover, Walter Law, in a fit of jealousy and rage. This people were captivated. Like, some crazed, drunken woman in a bloody slip is and getting how many, hauled to jail. How you many tell times me that you're not going to be... Yeah, and how many times have they seen... I mean, to this point, a woman oh, no. killing her lover. Oh, no. Oh, no. We'll get to that. Because, actually, there were quite a few women but she on was, what was called Murderous Row. Yeah, but she was such a pretty... She was very pretty. Well, yeah. we, we'll post a picture. She was pretty then. Today, she would be referred to as what frat boys affectionately call a butterface. Oh, God. <laughs> she, I thought she was she a does not. She does not look like Catherine Zeta-Jones She's not 2018 hot. She is not 2018 hot. Uh, I don't... In my personal opinion, granted, I didn't live during this time, she wasn't even 1924 hot. Really? I thought she was, like... I thought that was part of the whole thing, that she was just... They thought she was so pretty. I think it was the slip. I think they saw a lady in her skivvies and they were suddenly like, hot damn. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so she quickly became the leader of her cell block and was even dubbed the most stylish woman on murderous row by the press just one slip man i'm telling that's you, all you that's need. all that, that's i mean Lindsay lohan did it paris and nicole did it i'm telling you the slip's been around for a while just wear a slip out um wear wear a slip out pop a tit out and that's it that's oh, all God. you need <laughs> so fashion yeah. it's called it's, fashion honey yes <laughs> um haven't you heard of it um so she spent three months on Murderous Row, and during that time, she just decided to like think up endearing remarks and stories to tell the papers, and she would trade quips with her fellow inmates, including Beulah Annan. Uh huh. So they met. She they was already met there. On, yeah, she was yeah. already there. They met on the cell block. Got it. So Beulah was born Beulah May Sheriff in Owensboro, Kentucky, to John Sheriff. And his wife, whose name, for whatever, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be transparent here. I wrote John and Sheriff. Um, so John and his wife, Mrs. Sheriff. <laughs> can, can you, can you answer me a question? Of course. Was John Sheriff a sheriff? Um. <laughs> Do you not have that information on hand? I don't have that information on hand. I kind of... How, I, it was silly of me to do this, but I kind of focused on whether the or not... The actual murders? Yeah. Yeah. Like, on this woman. And he, her, but how fun would it be if you had to call him Sheriff Sheriff? Yeah, that would be great. That would be pretty great. I'm not I mean, lie. I would go into law enforcement if I had that last name just to do that. Yeah. Yep. Have yeah. your whole life be a joke. I mean... I don't think they were that funny in the... I was going to say, were they that funny? Like, I mean, plus, Haley, murder is no joke. Nope. Nope, (laughs) not at all. We're not joking about Um, it. It's not happening. And in in this time, I quick did a little Google, and her mother was named Mary Sheriff. Okay. Um, Glad we could let up. But, so yeah, so she was born to John and Mary Sheriff on November 18th, 1899. Okay. And it is in Owensboro that she met and married her first husband, who is a, he was a newspaper linotype operator named Perry Stevens, and a linotype is something like an older version of a printing press that okay. used like metal type. Yeah. They eventually divorced, mm-hmm. after which Beulah met Albert Al Annan, who was a mechanic. Al 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 Al. Well, no, his like nickname was Al. Yeah. Like Scrappy. Oh, yeah. I, thought, I thought his 
his middle name was Al. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> I thought it was Albert Al. Yeah, no, I know you did. Oh, okay. Um, hey, uh, we're going to cut that out. <laughs> no, we're not. We're keeping that. Um, <laughs> so together, Beulah and Al Al. Al Al. Went to Chicago, moved there. Chicago. And that's where they were married on March 29th, 1920. Okay. So she was like 21 years old. She was pretty young. Yes. Um, Albert quickly found work as a mechanic at a garage, and Beulah eventually became a bookkeeper at Tenant's Model Laundry. And it was at the laundry where she met Harry Calstead, and the two began having an affair. Now, mm. Beulah is quite pretty. Okay. Her name does not reflect that, but... Like if you like if you were to look at Beulah, like she's a she's a pretty girl. Yeah. Like she's a pretty girl. Yeah. Maybe maybe or maybe to, not. She would need to change up her makeup look. routine and her hairstyle if she yes. wanted to be twenty eighteen pretty. Yes, but, but she could still make it happen. Yep. She's got like a Maggie Gyllenhaal vibe going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so on April third, nineteen twenty four, in Beulah and Al's bedroom, Al Al. Al Al. Uh Beulah. Not gonna let it go. Yep, nope. Alright. Gonna persevere. Beulah shot Harry in the back. Okay. Um, according to her initial story, there were several, Harry had brought over some wine, and they had been drinking when they got into an argument. There was a gun on the bed, and both of them reached for Just it. Just casual? Yeah. You know, like, who doesn't... Like you do. Who doesn't like to, like, get a little something-something in on the bed and have a gun right there? Yep. Um, Loaded. That, that's their kink. Don't sh- don't kink shame them, Haley. All right, fine. Um, Sorry I'm kink shaming a murderess. <laughs> um, so... He'd brought over some wine, they got into a fight, there was a gun on the bed, and both of them reached for it, but Beulah got to it first and shot Harry while he was putting on his hat and coat. Okay. She played a Foxtrot record called Hula Lou, which we will have linked, because, like, listening to it and knowing that, like, she played it, like, f- well, I'll tell you. Very post-murder. On a loop for four hours while she sat drinking cocktails and watching him die. Ah! Yeah. All right. She then called her husband, Al Al. Al Al. To tell him she had killed a man because he had, quote, tried to make love to her. Okay. So by April 1924, both Beulah and Belva had found themselves on Chicago's infinite, uh, infamous murderous row. Okay. Which was located in Cook County in Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the early 1920s, the people and the press of Chicago really became fascinated by the idea of murders being committed by women. Yeah. One might even think of them as the OG murderinos. Yeah. Um, so over a decade, several high-profile cases like arose, which generally involved women killing their lovers or their husbands. Yeah. I think most, like, women killers at that time, it was, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a husband or lover. Yeah, it was a husband or it was a lover or it was a woman who had convinced her husband or lover to kill another husband or lover. Yes. It was all about... It about, was all about that love. Yeah. It like, wouldn't, feel the love so much. You know when you see a puppy and you just want to, like, squish it because you love it so much? I don't think it's like that. <laughs> but I also don't think any of these murders would pass a Bechdel test. Oh, definitely not. Definitely, definitely <laughs> not. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No. But, yeah. So... These cases were tried during the jazz and the prohibition eras, mm-hmm. both of which contributed to how women were being viewed at that time. Yes. And Flappers. there was yes, and there was an extensive amount, uh, and there was an extensive like series of acquittals of female murderers by the Cook County juries. And this is actually presumed to be because jurors at that time were all male, and ah. they were and convicted murderers it's were not generally, a jury of your peers. 
not a jury of your peers. Convicted murderers generally were, when they were convicted, would be sentenced to death by hanging. Ooh. And so basically, these men didn't want to see these delicate little flowers being put through such torture. Yeah. And they also had difficulty believing that such delicate little flowers were capable of such terrible, terrible things. Yeah. Because they're they're little women. They're little ladies. Yeah. Their little lady brains can't wrap themselves around that sort of thing. They can't lift a gun. No. They need a pink gun. Okay. So, yeah. So, soon, rumors surfaced that if a woman on trial was remotely attractive or feminine, she would not be convicted. Yeah. And the Chicago Tribune generally took a pro-prosecution hang-em-high stance. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, but they still included the details on these women's lives for their articles in order to appease their viewers and get viewership. So yep. they were like, yeah, these women are guilty, but can, did you hear what she wore last week? So, like, it was... it was The murders were kind of an afterthought, it the sounds mur- like. The murders were treated like an afterthought because they had to be, but yeah. the Chicago Tribune was very much like... It was one of the only papers that was like, hey these women deserve to be tried and convicted. Yeah. They still killed they somebody. They committed the same crime as some of these men did. Yes. And they need to be tried yes. in the same Just fashion. Just because they're cuter than them and they have less hair on their faces doesn't mean yep. that they're any less guilty. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, it, its rivals were the Hearst Papers. Okay. And they were, the Hearst Papers were more pro-defendant and they were, empl- they employed what were referred to as sob sisters, mm. who were female reporters who focused on the plight, beauty, redemption, and or grace of the female defendants. Okay. Um, so regardless of the stances, though, the public intrigue caused the press to cover these women as though they were celebrities. Yeah. And the public outrage over many guilty women walking free due to their femininity resulted in a really like major change in the legal system and it eventually actually served as a convincing argument that led women to be allowed to serve on illinois juries in 1939 yeah so the fact that they viewed these these people as being too delicate and uh not capable, capable. of something yeah and it really led to um a jury of your peers yes it, it literally it was a great advance in women's history and in feminism for letting women get convicted of murder (laughs) yeah (laughs) but for letting for letting women have a say in in the legal system pretty much right because women couldn't even be on juries were there any women judges no yeah god no like i don't know about i don't know a lot about the legal system at that point in history but like you think like if there were no women judges no women juries Mm -hmm. women lawyers oh hell no yeah like it's they wouldn't be taken seriously even if they were yeah like even in what was it the 1970s that hillary clinton was going to um law school and she was in male peers and attempted to intimidate her out of just leaving yeah like into leaving yeah because there she was a woman and women can't be lawyers and blah 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 and that's not that far away ago uh watch legally blonde man women can get into harvard just because it's hard (laughs) what like it's hard (laughs) just as like a fuck you to an ex-boyfriend yeah yeah no and you think we're not that petty (laughs) if you don't (laughs) propose to us we will get into harvard and we will destroy you and you will graduate without honors and without a job and a girlfriend and a girlfriend. Yep. Hell yeah, Selma Blair. Okay. Anyway, so after Belva's arrest, 
William Gartner came crawling back in her hour of need, as whipped men do, <laughs> and paid for William Scott Stewart to be her lawyer. Um, he was huge. He was like the most expensive, best of the best lawyer. Yeah. So Belva had previously gained notoriety when during her first divorce from William, she admitted to using a horse whip on the older man during their Ooh. lovemaking sessions. Oh, God! So one of Walter's co-workers testified that Walter had confided that Belva was a possessive lover who had threatened him with a knife Ooh. when he tried to leave her and that Walter believed she would kill him one day. <laughs> so overall, she's portrayed as this by, by the prosecuting attorney as this sexual deviant. Yeah. And this, like, controlling, crazy wife. Yeah. All of which is not something that's really encouraged, much less accepted, in the early 1920s. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, Belva told the press, quote, Why it's silly to say I murdered Walter. I liked him and he loved me. But no woman can love a man enough to kill him. They aren't worth it because there are plenty, always plenty more. Walter was just a kid. 29 and I'm 38. Why should I have worried whether he loved me or whether he left me? Gin and guns, either one is bad enough, but together they get you in a dickens of a mess, don't they? Not only that, but she basically took that stance too, because everybody, again, this is the jazz era and the prohibition era. So everybody's very much like, oh my God, like, we got to get rid of all the booze. And she's like, oh my God, you're right. You're so right. And sad little boy. I didn't care if he loved me. I wasn't into He was that. a lovesick puppy. I'm an adult woman. Yeah. But not so adult that I can kill a man. Um, so, yeah. So, Belva's defense argued that Walter might have killed himself with the gun in the front seat of her car, which caused a drunk Belva to flee home in a panic and blackout. So, she is throwing her own speculation on the case. No, the defense is oh, saying okay. this. Oh, okay. I, yes, I thought defense. she had suggested no, that. No, her defense suggested that. Okay. Um, and because there were no... So, and her defense, again, was William Scott Stewart. So, Stewart is yeah. suggesting this. Um, so, because there were no witnesses to Belva's alleged crime... Yeah. Besides Belva herself, and she claimed to have been dead-ass drunk at the time... Yep. She was acquitted in June 1924. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when I say homegirl does not look good in prison... Oh, No prison does not look good on belva oh no we've got we've got so many pictures i found so many pictures of them i was actually surprised Oof. but yeah no prison Oof-a. does not look good. prison <laughs> does not look good on belva Ooh. um whoo mama so we'll yeah we'll put those up on the website we crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. will thank you for that we'll plug it again at the end we'll put it on the instagram we'll put it everywhere yep so yeah so beulah may not have had belva's or more accurately her husband's money to give herself such an excellent defense team Albeit, she did have a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Um, she got some notoriety, and so therefore, like, people kind of wanted to represent her because of yeah. that notoriety. Yep. But where she they lacked... They just wanted in on the fame, pretty yes, much. Yes, yes. Yeah. But where she lacked in finances, she made up for it in her looks. Yep. She, you saw her. She was a pretty Molly... Ma- Molly. Maggie Gyllenhaal Yeah, she, she was definitely the prettier one. Yeah. So one news article written during her trial said, quote, at every opportunity she posed for the news photographers, she would rub her lips, pull her shoulders in and down to highlight her fragile frame. The image proved irresistible. Thin, straight nose, the high cheekbones, the gorgeous red hair that rolled over her head like a prairie fire. Wow. Very, very, like I said, very romanticizing. All right. right, Picture like a male killer during this time. Yep. 
would any of this be said about him? They wouldn't even mention his looks. They wouldn't, yeah, they would be like... They wouldn't mention his looks past the police sketch. They would be like, he had the eyes of a killer. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, another, But another um, newspaper wrote, they say she's the prettiest woman ever accused of murder in Chicago. Young, slender, with bobbed auburn hair, wide set, don't know I'd take that as a compliment, appealing blue eyes, tip-tilted nose, translucent skin, faintly, very faintly, rouged, an ingenious smile, mm. refined features, intelligent expression, and quote awfully nice girl like they like that's what people quoted her as saying so the newspaper is quoting that that she was an awfully nice yes girl. a lot of people said that about her because oh, God, again yeah. she was so pretty yeah and as and as the newspaper continues and more than usually pretty yep. which is true she all you need pretty, to be is attractive in this life that's literally it <laughs> um so like belva beulah and her lawyer william o'brien who also represented belva for a brief period before william gartner stepped in and got her steward oh, got it um, didn't really try to muster up a defense either. No. While Beulah at first confessed to the murder, she later told police that it was an attempted rape and that she shot Harry in self-defense. Uh-huh. An even later version of her story had her and Harry arguing because he said he was going to leave her and then she shot him. Yeah. Homegirl, it doesn't look good when you start flip-flopping. Oh, but. Oh, God. Her final story. Aliens. Told during the trial. Yes. Yes. <laughs> abduction this was told during the trial and that was that she told harry she was pregnant okay. he did not want the baby all right they struggled they both reached for the gun but he somehow got shot in the back because what more sympathy can you get if you're a pregnancy. woman is pregnant yeah oh yes 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 they both reach for it the gun the gun the gun the gun um we're the, gonna, probably gonna have the whole chicago we gotta soundtrack. have the whole, we gotta have the broadway cast we've gotta have the movie we, like we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there fam yeah don't worry so it's believed that the reasoning behind this new version of her af- was after learning a fellow murderous row inhabitant did receive the death sentence for oh. murdering her lover. Okay, so she was like, fuck, I gotta ramp this story up yeah, now. Yeah, so she announced she was pregnant to gain sympathy from the jury because then they're not just killing, again, this she is the 1920s. Pregnant, was she was Wait. She's getting, she's, they're not just killing her then, they're killing an innocent yes. life. Yes, yep. Um, so, however, funny, so odd, Bula never gave birth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Surprise, so, surprise! <laughs> Shocking. Eternally pregnant. Who'd have thunk? So, but here's the kicker. Mm. This is going to make you mad. Oh, God. Throughout it all, however, her husband, Al Al. Al Al. <laughs> faithfully stood by her side. He even pulled his own money out of the bank to get her the best lawyers he could afford. This woman shot the man that she was cheating on him with. And she's saying now that she's going to have a baby by this man. And, and he's, he's still, still like, take my money. She's that pretty. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Um, the real heroes of this story are definitely not William Gartner and Al Alanen. No. Um, but yeah, so Beulah, um, on May 25th, 1924, was acquitted. Mm-hmm. And on that same day, she told the press, I have left my husband. He is too slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> oh. That poor schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Al Al. <laughs> Poor guy. You can call him Al. <laughs> <laughs> but 
she Aww. won't be calling out. No. But yeah. Never again. So the Chicago Tribune said, So Beulah Annan, whose pursuit of wine, men, and jazz music was interrupted by her glibness with the trigger finger. <laughs> glibness. <laughs> was given freedom by her beauty-proof jury. So, yeah, in 1925, following her acquittal, Belva remarried William Gartner again. I mean, but he paid for her lawyer. She kind of felt yeah. like she had to, I think. She's like, fuck, gotta marry this guy again. And in 1926, William filed for divorce. <laughs> again. And claimed that Belva was abusive and an alcoholic. It's just a, such a crazy on-again, off-again relationship. It's so nuts. It's so nuts. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So then... On July 5th, William claimed his wife, or, like, ex-wife now, honestly, it's hard to keep track, threatened to murder him after he found her with another man. Bubba was later on convicted of drunk driving. I know, I I had you hopeful, I had you hopeful. Finally convicted of something. Yeah, in November 1926. Mm -hmm. By 1930, she and William, yeah, they somehow managed to stay together, moved to Europe. William died on December 2nd, 1948. just to get the fuck away from her. (laughs) Probably. He died in Wilmot, Illinois, and afterwards, Belva moved to Pasadena, California, and lived with her sister, Ethel Kraushauer, K-R-A-U-S-H-A-A-R, and good old Belva died of natural causes at the age of 80 on May 14th, 1965. Wow. Yeah. Beulah wasn't as lucky as Belva. Yep. Probably because she was a fucking bitch. Yeah. After she officially divorced Al Al in 1926, she married another man who was named Edward Harlib, and he was a boxer. That was in 1927. Three months later, she filed for divorce, claiming cruelty. I'm sorry, bitch, you don't get to claim cruelty when when you you bleed your husband, when you murder someone, but also, oh yeah, I guess that's that's a better one. When you bleed your husband dry, then call him slow. and, And break up with him in the media. Wow. Like, literally, like, he didn't know that she was divorcing him. She won the case and then was like, by the way, we're done. Yeah. Call me, beat me. So, yes. So, in the divorce settlement, Edward Harlib paid her $5,000, which today is the equivalent to $70,000. Yeah. So, she takes his money, too. Yep. And after her divorce from Edward, Beulah was involved again with a fourth man named Abel Marcus. Who are these fucking schlubs? I don't know, but Beulah gets hers. Don't worry. Thank God. She contracted and subsequently died of tuberculosis at age 28 on March 10th, 1928. Oh my God, she was only 28? Yep. At the Chicago Fresh Air Sanatorium. And her grave marker marker incorrectly says that she died a year earlier in 1927, but (laughs) she actually died in 28. (laughs) And this was only, she died four years after she was freed. Whoa. So she got hardly any time. Yep. Belva lives to the ripe old age of 80. Yep. Chilling in Pasadena with her on again, off again, on again, off again husband. Yep. No, Beulah does not get anything. Good. Beulah doesn't get shit. I bet Al went and go pissed on her grave afterwards. (laughs) Oh, I hope he did. (laughs) If he didn't, we're we're taking a road trip. Yeah, right? (laughs) So, yeah. Poor Al. Pour one out for Al. Right. (laughs) Yes, let's pour one out for Al. Poor fucking Al. Poor Al. But yeah, so like I alluded to in the beginning, if these stories do sound similar, it's because the Chicago Tribune assigned, they hired one of their first female reporters, Maureen Dallas Watkins, 
and they assigned her to cover the trials of Belva and Beulah, uh-huh. among the other women on Murderous Row, but those were the two famous yeah. ones. They, like, made the front page. I have a copy of the front page of the Chicago Tribune cool. at one point with both of these articles. Um, and Maureen went on to write the play Chicago in 1926. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know she was the one that wrote it. She wrote the play and okay. based it specifically on these trials to tell the story of two women accused of murdering under the influence of drink and jazz. Yeah. And it's very, it's very similar. Um, the character of Roxy Hart is based on Beulah. Okay. And the character of Velma Kelly is based on Belva. Okay. So the play ran for 172 performances and toured for two years. Whoa. And Maureen repeatedly turned down famous director and choreographer Bob Fosse. Oh, wow. His proposal to turn Chicago into a musical. And some speculate that actually this is because she regretted her role in the acquittals of Belva and Beulah. Ooh. Um, However, after her death on August 10th, 1969, her estate granted Bob Fosse permission to turn it into a musical. Wow. Little little one. You might have heard of it. It's called Chicago. Yeah. The resulting musical, Chicago. Was the play called Chicago? It was. Okay. Um, and the musical premiered on June 3rd, 1975, and went on to be a Broadway hit starring Gwen Verdon as Roxy Hart. Third longest running show ever? I believe it's the third one, yes. Because there's... There was Cats. Cats, Phantom, Chicago. Yeah, I think I think you're right. No, I think you're right. I think... I, I don't have the numbers Somebody on Somebody fact check us, but yeah. yeah. But yes, it went on to become a Broadway hit, starred Gwen Verdon as Roxy Hart, mm-hmm. Cheetah Rivera as Velma Kelly. Whoa. And Jerry Orbach, motherfucking Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Jerry Orbach was in the... He was. He was Lumiere. Shut no, the fuck up. he was in... Chicago. Law and Order. Oh, he was in Law and yes. Order, yes. but He we, donated his eyes. Yes, but more importantly, Beauty and the Beast. I, I, yeah, um, sure, and whatever. he played star lawyer Billy Flynn, a.k.a. William Scott Stewart, the guy yep. that defended Belva. Mm-hmm. That's who he's based on. Oh, cool. Um, the musical was nominated for 12 Tonys, including Best Musical, and That's was even... A- tie for number one i think like, it's a tie for number one to tie for the most nominations yeah, it's a lot of nominations folks no oh no i wasn't hamilton 13 i don't know i don't remember hamilton might have been or, or was or it 11 it was, or it was, it was an odd number um but yeah so it but won still, 12 tonys more than they had musical. seen since then exactly yeah and it was even nominated for a grammy for the best cast show album wow and in 2002, the musical was made into a film starring uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Velma Kelly, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Belva Gartner, and starring Renee Zellweger as Roxy Hart, a.k.a. Beulah Annan. Yeah. Um, Should have cast Maggie Gyllenhaal, but I'm not going to say anything. Just based on looks. Just based on yeah. looks. Um, but that went on to win seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture, out of 13 nominations. Whoa. Um, and it was also nominated for eight Golden Globes, out of which it won three, including Best Motion Picture for a Musical or Comedy. Whoa. And it has an 86% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And when did it come out? 2002. Yeah, so and it stayed at a high certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes right. since it came out. Right. And, I mean, reviews pretty much... Across like, the board, were good. Yes, like there were like there were very few. Like I tried to look into like I was like, is there a bad review? Yeah, because we want to be fair. We want to give like the good and bad reviews of what people say. But right, it's most commonly known as a, an extremely good film. Right, and one of the worst that like so John Anderson at Newsday really like he he made a deep cut here 
And it was like he one really of those like ones dug. where like, no, but it's one of those ones where like, it's a slow burn. Yeah. So like you walk away and then you're like, oh, he goes, the best thing you can say about Chicago is that it's a great advertisement for the real live thing. Damn. Like, go, you're better off seeing the, sh- the, bu- the musical. Yeah. Like, damn. I, was, I-, I read that and I was like, <sighs> I mean, if you are a extreme lover of the of the the show then obviously the movie's going to be hard to see like even um loving rent true seeing the movie even though it true. was it was the bad. original yeah. it was the original cast mostly yeah rosario mostly. dawson wasn't in the original cast no and neither was tracy toms yes. um who played no i believe tracy toms was in the cast at she one no point, she she got into the cast oh, she got after, into the cast later okay after okay. the movie My bad. yeah My she had originally tried out for the role thank you for fact checking yes <laughs> she originally tried out for the role didn't get it got the movie and then got to play it on broadway okay that makes more sense yeah but um yeah still like there are still little things like nit- if i was nitpicking rent i'd be like well they left out this song right well they didn't yeah. do this like yeah like no i can agree there. like mark is barely anything yeah and they left out um they they did film it and it's in the special features of the dvd if you get it but one of my favorite songs from rent was halloween oh yeah you've talked where to me about this he's in like the graveyard and he he is singing about um he's dead about angel all right and i was like i'm like i'm like i'm not sure how we no, should he, he's sing, yeah. he's singing about angel and he um is singing about um finishing his documentary and stuff like that and it's actually a very pretty song of just uh mark singing right. and that wasn't included in the movie and i felt like it should have been so uh, if this reviewer is like a huge fan of the Broadway, play of the yeah. play then obviously they're going to change stuff for the movie and right. he's not going to be as satisfied right but I mean, on this, the, he does say it's a great advertisement. He for does the play. say it's a great advertisement. Yes, that's true. Let's be positive about this. Yeah. But like on the on the flip side, Owen Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly said, by the end of Chicago, just about everyone in it has, and this is why I chose this review, mm-hmm. razzle dazzled someone. Oh God. <laughs> and so has the movie, which leaves you thrilled at how good it feels to see life, death, and girl power turned once again into a cabaret. Like I think, and I think that's a good assessment yeah because i mean it is like how often do you see like these women are like this would pass the bechdel test like the bechdel test is two yes. women two talking about two women with something names that's not, yes with names talking about something a subject that is not men men for at least i believe it's two minutes yeah um and like hell they're talking about how they killed people like they're talking, but are about, they talking how they're about how they killed guilty. men but it's not just that like talking about like oh like I did this. I didn't kill this person. I think that counts. All right. I did, like, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Oh, like, the entire, like, like... I haven't watched it in a while, so uh, I I don't, I don't know it, like, the back of my hand. I'm a fan. I like it. I'm a fan. But, yeah. And it's really cool that it influenced women being on a jury. I was going to say, it didn't just influence popular culture. Like, it also influenced, literally, it was one of the reasons. The judicial system. Yes. It was one of the reasons why things, like, and women had been, it was, like, an ongoing, it wasn't, like, it was, like, a slow burn in the sense that it was an ongoing issue throughout the United States of whether or not women should be allowed to serve on juries. Yeah. And this not just these two cases but basically all of the cases on murderous row yeah were what they were the catalysts that led the state of illinois to go along with the other states who had before them decided to allow women on juries yep. 
and it allowed Illinois to be like, okay, yeah, we agree because women are getting off left and right. Yeah, and when they shouldn't be. Yes. Yeah. Which, I mean, that was a common belief for them yeah. anyway, that women but shouldn't be getting off when... They, yeah. All right. But, <laughs> yeah, no. But, uh, <laughs> but um, interesting yeah. that neither of them went to... Like, neither of them went to go on to kill anybody else afterwards. That we know of. Yeah. Like, Belva did threaten to kill William, allegedly. Yeah. But when they he had, saw her with a lover. They had a weird fucked and up also, And also, like, Beulah didn't really have time. Yeah, that's true. Like, got married, got divorced, got with a guy, got TB, got killed by TB. Yeah. Got dead. Got dead. Yeah. But Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. It, I like I like that one. It's, an, it's intriguing. And I had never I like I had seen Chicago when I was younger, mm-hmm. not knowing that it was Oh, based, based on anything. anything. No, real. I didn't either. Yeah, I that, had no idea. That's really interesting. My and, brother loves it. He watches it all the time, like on VHS. Yeah. And like so I'm familiar with it. Yep. And never, not once, did I even think. Yeah, I thought it was just a cool story. Yeah. No. Nope. But um yeah, that's really awesome. I like that one. Yeah. Especially because we're both theater geeks. We are. We so, are. We are quite the theater geeks. Yeah, so that made me happy that we could kind of merge those two. Those two passions. Those two worlds. The passions. Let's write a Let's write a serial killer musical, Haley. Oh my god, let's do it. <laughs> That'd be good. But, um... Tale as old as time. Song as old as rhyme. I want to eat your cheek. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> that's gonna That's gonna be the Dahmer musical. <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm plugging the, the website now. She's pulling um, the plug, guys. This is it. She crime keeps Culture it, Podcast. Oh, you're just cutting me off. Okay, bye. CrimeCulturePodcast.tumblr.com. And that has all of our social, links, social and media our links, Twitter, our music, Facebook, Instagram. It's probably going to have all of the soundtracks yes, of all um, of the Chicago. I'm going to put the link to where we have a Spotify. So I'm going to put the link to the playlist specific for this so we'll have that one song that that yeah. that she played for four hours on a loop Hulaloo, and then we're gonna have all of the chicago songs ever yeah we'll put everything from chicago and it'll be interesting like if you want to go ahead and listen to the soundtrack and say like oh yeah that reminds me of like this part right. of the case or like or, this or even if you want to listen to Hulaloo four hours on a loop while you watch your lover die yeah and, and drink cocktails go fucking insane you want to dissociate to that uh, you who know are what? we to People stop you? Dissociated ya? to worse. We're, who are we to stop you? We're not going to make a four hour playlist of that song. Speak for yourself. I mean, maybe we will. Maybe we will while we watch our lovers die. Yep. So you'll see that on there. Yeah. And uh, just go to the search bar and type in episode and then the number of the episode. And then all this information will come up. Yeah. And we'll have links to everything. Go ahead and follow us on all of the. the medias we crave attention yep that's why we're here and email us yes correspond let us know what we got right crime culture don't let pod. us know what we got wrong we hate being wrong yeah crime culture pod at, gmail. at gmail.com com. and uh let us know what you want to hear yeah so that we can start working on that you got it dude all right this is a fun one thank you it was uh come back next tuesday yeah we'll be here we will <laughs> bye Bye-bye.